This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. I know that there's a lot of people that aren't here today or you're watching online while you've got another eye on the screen. God bless you. We pray that you're here next year. Uh, yes, that's all I'll say about that. Um, but yeah, look, th- this is awesome because I've learned one... W- w- let me rephrase that. One of the things that I have learned about God is that God loves to be given to. And that's not because he's going, oh, gee, you know, I just really need to get that car this month because I haven't got a car and I hope someone blesses me. And maybe I need to drop a few hints about the fact that I need a car. Right? right? That's, not, that's not God. God loves to be given to because it releases him to give. His motive all along was to bless you but he needed you to invoke his law as long as the earth remains social seed time and harvest. He needs you to trigger his law so that he's able to then be released into the earth with your harvest. Can I just say this? Harvests don't appear ever without a seed. There's not one harvest that's ever touched this world that didn't come without a seed. And so God actually created a law, and he wasn't just talking about crops. He was talking about everything. If you treat someone a certain way, whether good or bad, a harvest is coming. Hello. It's, just, it's, it's not just confined to corn crops. Cotton. The gift that keeps on giving. So, so <laughs> it's, 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 it's not... It's not just confined to that type of thing. It's actually confined to so much. It's unlimited inside the earth. Because when God made that law, he didn't say, in all of my kingdom, as 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 long as my kingdom remains. He said, as long as the earth remains. So while on earth, we are actually functioning under a spiritual law of seed time and harvest. That's why the Bible says, do not be fooled. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, whatever a woman sows, that they will also reap. Right? You can't sow penguins and get peaches. Right. Hello. Doesn't work like that. What you sow in, you reap in. Now, God actually, you know, I, I was thinking about it. And, you know, the reason that we give to God every week is actually because God asked us to. Firstly, but the motive behind it is that God wants us to renew our trust in him weekly. Now, right today, we're going to do our big giving of the year. It's a big deal thing. I'm going to have some people share some testimonies in a minute because we have consistently seen people get phenomenal breakthroughs, health, finances, relationships, careers. We've consistently seen this stuff. When you honor the Lord, the Lord's able to honor you. Hello? When you are stingy with God, God is limited in what he can do for you. It's just a thing. But God likes it when we give to him because God actually wants to see us trusting him and not ourselves. Stinginess, poverty-mindedness, and cheapness of heart is a good sign that you trust yourself and not God. And it doesn't matter, you know, I've met very, very wealthy people that are cheap. And I've met very, very poor people that are generous. Okay? And, and it's got nothing to do with the volume that, you're, that, you, that you are entrusted with today in your life. But I do know this, whatever problem you're in, you can sow your way out of it. Because it doesn't matter what problem has knocked on your front door. It doesn't matter what department of your life that problem is. A seed isn't bribery to God, it is a message of extreme trust, and those that put their trust in the Lord shall be saved. Come on, somebody. Is someone getting something today? So it's not just like, well, here I am, God, I'm an unclean little wretch, and I've come into your kingdom to bow down and give you my tribute. See, we can give lots of money to God and not get the essence of the why and the how. It's about, God, I have X amount that I am entrusted with every week or every month. And, and I know that I could possibly try and make it on my own, but you've asked this of me. 
And because you've asked this of me, you're asking me to stretch myself and give you something that for some of us isn't able really to be, it's not an easy stretch, it's not an easy sacrifice, it's a difficult one. But what we're doing is we're saying, I trust you more than my resources. And the second we do that, we cross over from independence to dependence on God. And the second we do that, we're actually letting a little bit of our self-independence and our self-will and self-sufficiency or self-worship die on the altar. And we're coming to God and saying, I am placing myself in your care. Can you care for me better than I can? Because I know you can. It scares me a little bit because every time I do it, I lose control. And God's like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's what God, God doesn't want you to be in control. He never has, that's never been his plan. His plan is that he's in control and that we trust him. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And because it's impossible to please God, he asks us to trust him. And I've mentioned before, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's such a potent revelation, that, that God, it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. We know that, right? It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yes. Right. We know that. And the kingdom means everything you need. Hello? Yes. So, so in order for the Father to have good pleasure to give you the kingdom, you actually have to sow into that harvest. You're not buying... You're not bribing. You're invoking the law of trust. Because like I've always heard, if you've ever heard me talk about relationships, trust is the foundation key of every relationship, including your relationship with God. Why do you think the enemy has attacked your childhood perceptions of father and mother so aggressively? Why do you think that the enemy has attacked your perceptions of leadership figures in your life so aggressively because if he can undermine trust then we spend our lifetime questioning God if we don't get healed but one of the ways we do it is God I know you're awesome I'm scared and he's like I know I, I see that but I love you and I want you to get this right. So even though I'm scared, God, I know that your word tells me that if I bring the first fruits of what I have, you're going to open up the heavens over my life. You're going to rebuke the devourer. And I didn't like the way the devourer treated me in 2019, 2018, 2017. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring something to you, and I'm now going to test you now in this. Hello? See, even though it says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, God makes one exception. Test me now in this. Bring the tithe into my house and see that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing over you. Do you guys understand what I just said? God literally commands, do not test me. Hang on a minute. Uh, you can test me in this. Because the reason why you have to test God in this is because we're full of fear, constantly believing that our paycheck is our provision. But he already called himself our provision when he said, I'm Jehovah Jireh. He already said, no, no, no. I get that you see you've been programmed from birth. You live in a culture. You live in a society. You live on a planet that believes a paycheck is provision, but it's not. It's never been your provision. I am your provider, the all-sufficient one. Come on, somebody. See, so, so when we give to God, we are, di- I'm not even at the announcements yet. When we give to, we're giving today, so we're talking about giving, is that all right? When we give to God, we are disengaging from fear, and sometimes we need to force ourselves to trust. Because it doesn't matter whether you come in kicking and screaming, whether, you're, whether you are uh, 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 the Apostle Paul or you're the thief on the cross. They're making it to heaven. Sometimes we've got to force ourselves to taste and see that the Lord is good. Sometimes we need to make sure that we say, you know what, God, I am terrified right now. It has been a tough year. The devil's been telling me that you left me out to dry. The devil's been telling me, you know what, I don't know if you're going to make it. I, don't, I think God's overlooked you. 
And I'm terrified, God, but I know that if I trust you, the Bible says those that put their trust in you will not be put to shame. Come on, somebody. Why do you think the devil attacks this as one of the number one aspects of trust in your life? You can't give to God. What if you do? You won't be able to pay rent. You are, no. This is something Holy Spirit told me. I never heard it preached. And I think I mentioned it a few years back, but I'm going to repeat it right now. God comes to Abram. He says, get up, get out of your father's house and go to the land that I will show you. And then he says, never will I leave you nor forsake you. To Abram. Okay. And then you come down a few hundred years and there's King David. And King David is in the latter part of his life. He's near the end. And this is what he says. He is actually referencing God's promise to Abraham because you have to understand something about spiritual lineage, guys. When God promises spiritual lineage stuff, you can put up your hand and say, I'm in the bloodline. Come on. I've got claim on that. See, my kids have claim on everything I've spent 20, 30 years working for. They get it. They don't even have to break a sweat. They get that. So David, through that idea of tribal generational lineage, hello, from the tribe tribe of Judah, right? He's like, I was young, but now I'm an older dude. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken. See? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. But then he goes further. Nor his seed, his children, begging for bread. And, and Holy Spirit told me that that's what David was, was referencing. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never will I leave you nor forsake you, Abram. And then Jesus says it right before he leaves, remember? And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the earth, remember? Same language. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means if he's been good yesterday and today, that means tomorrow your seed he's going to be good to you on. But I want to I say something a little bit on top of that because God made a promise to Abraham, or Abram at that time, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But David picked up on something that God over-delivers. Say over-delivers. See, if you can get excited about this, and I'm not talking about charismatic hype, I'm talking about charismatic hope. If you can get excited about what I'm saying, you'll actually start to attach faith and hope and expectancy to your seed. And when you have expectancy with your seed, that's why God loves... See, everything that God says is for our benefit. God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Well, firstly, because no one likes receiving something from someone who's giving something begrudgingly. But also, when you give something begrudgingly or in uh, a despondency of spirit... That seed dies before it even leaves your hand. Hello? God loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because cheerful givers give living seed, and living seed creates harvest. Downcast givers or begrudging givers, if you treat it like a tax, we give seed that dies right in our hand. Hello? And God is, God is not pleased because he can't do anything with that. Well, I better give to God because I have to, and people in church are watching. Hello. So anyways, getting back to this, never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. God over delivers. So God makes a promise to Abraham, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But he over delivers because he doesn't just never leave you nor forsake you. He makes sure there's so, so much abundance that not even your children are begging. Come on. So when God makes a promise to you, you need to believe for bigger than what he just promised. Hello. You can trust him that much that anything that God... God could put his finger into the Sahara Desert for a microsecond and the whole thing would turn into a fertile jungle. Because anything God touches prospers. So you want God touching your seed. (laughs) Someone with me? Listen, you can't get investments this good. You just can't. Because what this gets you, those things can't even dream of. Hello. Yeah. Okay, so that's our little 
Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into that in a minute. We're going to take up the offering at the end of the service. Okay, so we have, um, we're going to run through some announcements. Cultivate 2, 6.30 p.m. on this coming Tuesday, then cry out at 7.30. Uh, we will have an ambassador team going out at the same time, 7.30. Isn't it just awesome that we're sending every week people out into, the, out into this territory? We're seeing people getting lives impacted, people are hearing about Jesus, people are encountering the living God, people are hearing hope, body parts are being healed. And guess what? That's not the leadership team doing it, that's you. Isn't that awesome? Oh, come on. We're just talking about getting excited in God. You're like, huh? <laughs> okay, so men's and women's home groups. Uh, women's home group will be uh, 7 p.m. this week. Men's home group will be at Robert's house this week. At 7.30, um, yeah, shield prayer. I'm so thankful for the people that pray over this church service. I really am. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus, for them. Bless them. 12.45 to just before 1.30 on Sunday, shield prayer. And then as usual, Sunday, Sunday services at 1.30. What else have we got? Uh, fasting February. So as you've kind of been hearing us reference, fasting has started today. We be starving. Okay. Now, what it, you need to do that however you believe is what God's leading you into. Some of us are doing a full fast. Some of us are doing partial fasts. Um, can I just say this? Don't just go without food and binge on all the stuff that your flesh wants. Right. Movies, TV, all that. Like, actually consecrate this time for God. It's not just about what you don't eat. It's about what you focus your heart on. God, I want to come out the other side of this changed. I want to come out the other side of this with strongholds broken. I want to come out the other side of this, God, where, where things that have been trying to contain me are shattered. I want to come out the other side of this with encounters with you that change my life. This is why we fast. Okay, God doesn't need you to be hungry. You need you to be hungry. I mean, God's not like, oh, yes, he's got an extra, you know, he's lost a couple of calories and, you know, he's detoxed himself. If you're doing it for health reasons, just be honest and say, I'm doing it for health reasons. Okay? But this is a spiritual fast. Yes, there's physical benefits. The world's finally figuring out that fasting's actually good for the body. Okay? That's their problem. I want Jesus. <laughs> I want Jesus. I want to have the greatest, some of the greatest encounters I've had in my life. Can I, can I share an encounter with you? I had an encounter with God. Uh, I was single. I was living in my own um, apartment. Uh, and uh, I, was, I was on the 21st day of a fast. No water. Uh, sorry, water. No food. Yeah. No food for 21 days. Good Lord, I was skinny back then. So <laughs> I need to get back to that. Take me back. So, so I, I was waking up in the morning of the 21st day. And I wasn't a parent, and I'd actually been praying about a lot of rejection, pain from father wounds that I'd grown up with. And you know that state that when you're awake, but you're not asleep, but you're not really fully awake yet? You've just kind of, your consciousness is just, your eyes aren't even open. Your consciousness is just kind of like... Right, and you're just kind of quasi opening your eyes, but you're not fully there. You know, some of you are like, I better not the world, let the world see me in that place. <laughs> but I was in that place, and see, the thing about fasting, if you're going to do a real full fast, like a serious fast, no food, your spirit starts to become hyper aware because you start to realize that food dulls your spirit from actually perceiving things. It does. And so, on the 21st day, I'm waking up, and I'm halfway in that state between asleep and awake. And as I'm becoming more and more conscious, I can't see him, but I am acutely aware of exactly where God the Father is standing at the foot of my bed and watching me sleep. You know what that did for me? Like, I can't even put it into it. God the Father is standing like a doting daddy. Like, I, when I go on trips or when I come back from, an, from church or a night out at dinner with Bex, I'll come back, we walk into their rooms, and there's these cute little dudes just like, they're so crazy and loud during the day, but they're just like the sleeping, the cutest little things when they're sleeping. And, and you just stand there and you just fall in love. It's like, oh, <laughs> so cute. And God the Father was doing that to me. And I woke up weeping 
before I'd even, he, his presence was so potent, I could tell you exactly where he was standing. I couldn't see him with my eyes, but my spirit saw his outline and his form. And he was standing there looking at me, gazing in love with me, and he didn't say any words, but what he did wrecked me. And I spent that entire morning weeping and bawling my eyes out in my room. Because what are you going to do with that? Oh, well, let's go get a McMuffin. Fast is over. No. God just came and he was staring at me and he was in love with me and it wrecked me. See, if you, you got, you're dealing with rejection, you need that moment where God is just fixated in love with you and he can't take his eyes off you. Come on. See, go after encounters with God. Yeah, you'll get benefits in your body. That's great. But go after encounters with God. So anyway, we're fasting this month. Right, we're going we're gonna to probably do the giving at the very end. I'm just going gonna, gonna to share for a little bit. Is that all right? I've already kind of done a little quasi-blowout introduction thing. Forward. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Leviticus. This is where the whole concept of the first fruits came from. Actually, really, it came from, you can see it with Abel and Cain. They understood that they were to bring their first fruits to God. Abel did it right, Cain did it really badly, and then Cain did really, really badly by killing Abel. So, so uh, but, but you have to understand something about God. God never does anything haphazardly or circumstantially. When God institutes something or asks people to do things, it's because he likes that or because it's actually part of his culture being introduced to humanity. And when you start to pick up on those things, you start to understand, okay, hang on a minute. There's actually some keys here that I could learn from because if something pleases God, if something gets God's attention, then I want to get a hold of that. You see, see, the same pleasure that God had over Abel is the same pleasure that God had over the Gentile Cornelius. I want you to get that for a second. God had pleasure and he accepted Abel's sacrifice in the same way that he accepted Cornelius' sacrifice in the book of Acts. Hello? You with me? So we need to find out what is it that pleases God and how do I find out? Because, you know, if, if there's someone wanting to date someone or if, you're meeting, you know, if you've got an opportunity to meet a really famous person, you're going to try and do some research to find out what is it that they like and don't like. Are you with me? Because if you want to meet someone... And it's like, well, you know, I'm having this person over to my house for dinner. I'm going to cook them this special mushroom sauté. And you didn't figure out that they hate mushrooms. That's just going to be a really awkward moment. So you want to kind of find out, like, what is it that they love and what is it that they hate? And so this thing with God about this culture of giving is very important. John 3.16, for God so loved that he expressed that love in giving. And when he expressed his love in giving, John 3.16, he didn't give like, oh, let's send a few jewels that have fallen on the side of the road in heaven. Let's send some gold dust from one of the streets. He didn't say, let's send one of the little, you know, the little cherub angels. He said, let's send my best. That Jesus was the highest form of value currency in heaven. The highest. And God said, we're going to send Jesus. So when God gives, he gives with excess. When God interacts, he interacts with generosity. When God decides to do something, he never does something with something that's cheap. So clearly giving, see, you can go and look at, um, uh, I'm totally blanking, Solomon, King Solomon. When he was crowned king, he was a young boy, but he, 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 he actually offered 100,000 oxen to God that first week. And then that, this is one of the stories that makes me marvel. He offered 100,000 oxen and other animals as well as an offering to say, God, I'm taking this moment so that you know that you are king and that I'm submitted to you. Even though I've been given a, a gold little hat thing to wear, you were king. Right? And so that night, God comes and walks into Solomon's bedroom after a week of offerings. It got God's attention so much that everything shifted. And, that, and it wasn't just that it shifted. God actually put an impartation into Solomon where he became the wisest man that ever ruled. 
and the richest man. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So, so let's talk about this today because I don't believe that it's any coincidence that we are at the first day of a fast, we are bringing offerings to God for the year, and, and, and there is a consecration happening because I believe, here look, there's a little statement that I've, that I've written down here. It says, a, the threefold cord cannot easily be broken. Now that usually speaks of man, wife, and God, right? But it also refers to when we do certain things like fasting, like significant offerings and praying. That can't be broken and it starts to become a powerful powder keg that can actually get hold of God's attention. Because I don't know about you, but I want to rattle the door hinges of heaven until God answers. God, we're fasting. We're taking you seriously. God, here we're bringing you significant seeds. We're taking you seriously. God, we're going to be on our face seeking you, worshiping to you, and, and praying and bring, bringing our hearts before you. We want heaven's attention. Yes. Amen. So there's that whole idea that a, the threefold cord cannot easily be broken. So we're going to talk about that today, and I don't know about you, but I, I'm hungry. I'm going to be hungry for a minute, and that's good. It's about three, four days, and then your body starts reminding you. It stops reminding you to eat. So we just have to get past the first few days. So if any of you manifest over the next couple of days, grace and peace in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm, I'm fasting in Jesus' name. <laughs> Leave me alone. Okay, so Leviticus chapter 23, verse 9. <laughs> Okay, so Leviticus chapter 23, verse 9, watch this. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give you and reap its harvest. Now, you could also say, When you come into the year. When you come into the year. Because we're not, we're not wandering like nomads looking for a place to live. We've got a place to live. But we're crossing timelines into seasons. And for us, that looks like 2020, okay? We don't want to just come into 2020 and say, yeah, let's see what happens. Yay, cool. We'll go and worship a couple of times at church. We'll give God a couple of times. We want to get God's attention and say, God, we're looking for breakthrough this year. When you come into the land which I give you, not even you got for yourself, I give you, you haven't earned one single breath that you've ever, ever drawn in your life. Every breath that you've taken has been given to you. Woo! See, when you can get that posture of gratitude, we lose entitlement. Yep. Right. That's good. Okay. <sighs> when you come into the land which I give you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheave, which is a measuring cup or a measuring um, volume, of the first fruit of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord. Here, God, look, here's their giving. See, and to be accepted on your behalf. See, what that tells me is that some offerings are accepted and some are not. Yes. Interesting thought, huh? Yeah. I know we're under a new covenant, but Jesus actually went into the temple and he talked about some people giving lots and some people giving little, and it was not to do with really the amount. A whole, a whole gospel of poverty and, and self-denial came out of that preaching because it was misunderstood. The fact that she gave two mites, you know, talk about, you know the, the story where Jesus saw the widow with the two mites and there was the rich men throwing their bags of money in? There's nothing wrong with being rich. Matter of fact, every person in this room would do well to be rich because we can change the world with money as long as it doesn't hold our heart and our heart doesn't hold it. Amen. The fact that the woman with the two little tiny coins gave those two coins and Jesus commended her is because she gave everything she had, right? If she had have still been poor and given one, maybe Jesus wouldn't have commended her as much. I don't know. But it's even not to do with the amount, the dollar amount. It's to do with your heart. And see, for us, it's always been like, God, how much do you want us to give? Not how much can we get away with not giving, it's how much do you want us? There, here, I, you know, let me, let me tell you a little story for a second. I was going into the beginning of a year once, and it, it was before I was with Bex, and I, I'd been dating this other girl, and I'd been saving for quite some time to buy her a ring. 
and I had already the ring figured out, I had the money in the bank, and January hit, and this is before, the, the, the church that I kind of was in didn't do first fruits offerings, it's something that we felt the Lord told us to do when we, when we launched the church here, but in January the Lord said, see that, and I was like, yeah, I do see it, I've been saving for a minute, I'm going to buy a ring with that thing, and he's like, I want it, and that's literally what he told me, I want it, gives it to us. <laughs> For those Lord of the Ring fans, <laughs> God said that to me. It was, a, it was a special savings account, and I was real proud of myself. I was like, I put that money together. I've been putting, you know, putting serious chunks of change aside. And, and God was like, I want it. And then what he then told me to do, he said, I want you to go give it to that person who was very wealthy. And I was like, are you kidding me, God? They do not need my money. And he said it again, I want it. And so I sowed it to God, but I'm not stupid enough to just give it with no hook. <laughs> you don't have to be stupid in this. Because <laughs> when you give to God, you put something that I call an assignment on your seed. You say, God, I am bringing my offering to you, but... And I said, I want the best wife in the world... Check. And I knew that I was called to America, but I'm a Kiwi, so you can't get in. Entry into the United States is not easy for permanent living. And I said, and I want a green card. Check. Right? So I gave it to him. Now, here's the awesome part. That money, if I had have had that money in place, I would have married the wrong girl. Hello. God knows what he is doing. You don't know what you're doing with your money. You think you do. I'm serious. You think you do? So I end up getting the wife of my dreams, praise God. Yay. Yay, Jesus. Yay, God. And uh, Brian would have been proud. Um, inside joke. But also, here's, here's a miracle what I'm about to tell you. Because that money that I gave God was a lot of money. Okay? It was enough to buy a very nice ring. And in New Zealand, you can spend like a gang of money and you get like a tiny little rock. Come here, it's like, okay, I can get a decent rock. Right? So, but with that, we actually, her uncle married, uh, second marriage, uh, not believer, second marriage married this woman that was from Eastern Europe. And he had access to be here, but they had to then get her a green card so they could move here. Okay? Now, this man has in his life been worth three digits in the millions. Lots of money. Okay, a lot of money. Ping, <laughs> right? And he has political connections. And about the same time, they filed for a green card, and we filed for a green card for me, so we could move to the States because we knew that. This is, see, see, this is my seed. You've got to remember, this is before I even started dating Pastor Bex. My seed went in the ground and didn't do anything for me in that area for a minute. But you don't know what you need in the future. It went in the ground of God's goodness. And when the time came, when the right time... See, here's, this is one of my prayers. I, I don't really talk about this often. This is one of my prayers. God, don't give me my harvest till I really need it. Until I'm ready for it. Because otherwise, we just think we can just sow our way into anything. And you can. That's the scary part. So, <laughs> so, so what I'm fixing to tell you is honestly amazing and very upsetting for the other party. So, so this man had a gang of money and they started a green card process. And so did we. Okay? And so we had to prove that we were you know, genuinely in love and married because that's what the American Homeland Security does and that's great. Border Patrol. I get my green card in two weeks. That's 14 days. Okay, it took them two years, right? Somewhere in that ballpark. Two or three years. Do you know how upset he was at me? <laughs> Political connections, millions of dollars, all kinds of, you know, open doors. Two to three years. Two weeks. Your seed can get you what other people's money can't. 
That is powerful. I've forgotten about that for a minute. But, but see, at the right time, that seed bore fruit. And so getting back, a lot of us actually want to dictate what we give to God. The best advice I can give you is give him what he asks for. <laughs> Seriously. Because you think you know what everything's supposed to do, but God knows exactly what it's all meant to do. And sometimes he'll protect you from yourself. So, so before, I, before I actually, no, I was going to read the rest of the scripture, wasn't I? And then I'm going to have some people share. Uh, because we've seen consistently since the beginning of this church, we have seen... And I've, I've been now around most of the planet in different places and preached and been in different churches, but I've not seen what we're seeing in this church. And I'm not trying to say we're this extra special thing. I'm just telling you we've tapped into something that's awesome. I've seen, people's, I've seen people tap, tapping into this, tapping into giving, into, into tithing, understanding their transaction, what they're doing with God, and this first fruits that we do. And I've watched people's lives radically change, promotions, increase in finances, just amazing breakthroughs. And it honestly astounds me. And I'm sitting watching it. It's, it's amazing. Just pop, pop, like popcorn. So I'm going to have some people share from their experience over the last couple of years in just a minute. But let's just finish the scripture. I'm going to try and land today by 3.30, okay? Miracles. Okay. So on the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and you shall offer on that day when, he, when you wave the sheaf, a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an, eph- an ephah ephah, uh, of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma, and its drink offering shall be wine one-fourth of a hin. That's not Benny Hinn either, by the way. That's just one-fourth of a hen. <laughs> it's only, only one in. Uh, it's another measuring volume. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought on the offering to your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Places. <laughs> little adaptation there. But see, this wasn't just like a regular offering. If you notice, there were several different offerings. There was animals, there was oil and flour, there was grain, there was wine, there was fire, right? There's all these different things that were happening, and in the midst of that, they're fasting. Come on, somebody. This is going to be a good year for some people. Because we're going to tap into breakthrough with God. We're going to tap into financial breakthrough Breakthrough in health, breakthrough in relationships, breakthrough in careers, breakthrough in businesses. Come on. Breakthrough in just the funk that you've been under. Some of you just need to break out from under that funk. God didn't design you to live under a cloud. He designed you to live in it and above it. Not that cloud, the other cloud. You get what I'm saying? Like the cloud I started to see in this room earlier today. So I'm going to have a couple of people come and share, not to hype this up, but just to build faith because you can't give without faith and expect anything from God. You need to have faith attached to your giving and sometimes that comes through the testimonies. Right? Jesus is the perfect testimony of the Father and then what he does is the perfect testimony of Jesus. That's why it says prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Okay, so um, I'm going to have a couple of people come. Where's Whitney? Whitney. Do we actually have a... Oh, here's a microphone right here. Can I turn this on at the same time as my one? Okay, that's great. Whitney, if you just want to come real briefly, real briefly, I just want you to share like in like one minute. like One minute? Yeah, real quick. Hello? Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, I just wanted to thank our pastors for teaching on this topic first off because it's not really something that a lot of churches go after and they kind of almost like, sweep it under the rug to like be like here's a basket give if you want to but really like the richness of this teaching and if you really grab onto it like it will change your life 100% so um, for me and my life you know I've I've heard this message of first fruits over and over again and I've given um, and it might look significant but one of the things that God really showed me last year Um, about generosity is that controlled generosity is a counterfeit 
and whatever whatever number or whatever amount we determine that we're going to be generous with, that's not how God gives, right? He gives over abundantly, overflowing. And so he was just teaching me on this topic of like, generosity is what he says. Generosity is how he gives. And so this last year going into it, I was like, okay, God, like I'm going to be radical. What number do you want? And he gave me a number and I was like, Ooh, get behind me, Satan. No, no, no. Um, and it was, it was a crazy number for me. It might not be crazy for you, but for me, it was like, oh, dear God, like I cannot. And so I wrestled and I wrestled and I knew it was coming up in February last year. And I was like, whatever, there are things in my life that need to change. I, and, you know, as Pastor Andrew s- shared about attaching something to that seed, I did that. And I was like, God, I need a new job and I need a husband. <laughs> in Jesus name and so I was like okay here's my seed like I am requiring you to do something on this and so I sowed last year and I was in a in a job that um, I felt like I was supposed to stay in until God radically changed it so I was like okay I feel like I'm sitting on my hands but like I know that God's going to do something so I sowed my seed at the beginning of last year and I was like Lord like open up a door open up a door because I am great if you know me about opening doors and walking through them whenever I feel the need and the Lord was like no like I'm going to open the door you need to sit here (sighs) which is the best and so sorry I'll make this quick but basically um, I you know I put that on that seed and I said God like you're gonna do it and um, literally a friend of a friend contacted me and was like hey come in for an interview I came in for an interview, they offered me the job, and like since then, that was in May of 2019, I like got so blessed from making that move, and then at the job I'm at, it's literally like created for me. It's stretching, but it's like all of my skills are being used. And even from that of like not only getting the new job, I got a promotion, and then I got a bonus, and then I got an increase. And so, like, God literally took that seed, and he's multiplied it five times in, like, six months, which is crazy. It's amazing, crazy, isn't crazy, it? Crazy, crazy, Good and job. So, that's that's Such a good it. job. Thank you, Wit. <laughs> Love you. Pray you have a crazy blessing this year. Yeah, well, I was just going to comment on that, that if anyone, you know, Whitney got the job promotion, we're still looking for the husband, so... Applications are now available to be rendered. <laughs> Interviews may happen in a disclosed location. Cameron, can you, are you able to come? I'm going to have Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. Awesome, man. Whoa. Just one minute. One minute? All yep. right, cool. Um, so a lot of you guys, well, some of you guys know that I work for Pastor Andrew, uh, but not many people know exactly how the job came about. Um, and it was directly tied to First Fruits um, about two years ago when uh, I had finished up school and everything like that, and I was looking for a job for about a year. I could not land anything. Like, a bunch of interviews, a lot of resumes sent out, nothing was working, and I was getting pretty upset about that. Um, Pastor Andrew definitely knows a lot about that. Um, <laughs> and I, I was sick on uh, First Fruit Sunday, and I was watching the live stream, so cheers to you, guys, live stream guys. Um, but I was in my room, and I was like, God, like, I... I want to tie something to you. Like, I didn't have a job, so I was just living off my parents, and I could only give whatever they kind of gave to me. So I was like, God, like, I really want to tie to you. I want my own money. I want something that I can give out of my own heart and be generous to you. Mm. And so, God, I'm like, I don't have any money of my own, but like, what do you want? I want to give to you. And of all the things, I was in my room. He's like, yeah, you see that uh, giant megalodon tooth that you have on your wall over there? It's the most random thing in the world. But, like, there's just this <laughs> giant shark tooth that megalodon. I just I, I had. And he's like, yeah, that thing, I want. And so I'm like, okay, God. Like, besides, like, my car, my phone, and my laptop, that's probably the most expensive thing that I owned. And so I was like, God, like, this is is all yours. Fine. I I give it to you. So I just, I I lifted it up to the altar. I was like, God, I give this over to you. Like, I want a job. And I threw it in the trash. And I was like, all right, God, this is over to you. And Andrew and I, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Andrew and I were talking about this a little bit before church, actually. And lo and behold, uh, he felt like God actually spoke to him about me. And so he had Jake reach out and like offer me a job interview. And so like that same week that I, I gave my first fruits offering, 
I got a job interview and that now I'm working at that job with a new career that I'm like, it's literally setting me up for the rest of my life to provide for a family and all that stuff. And so like what Pastor Andrew was saying about God being over generous is very much true. I, I wanted to be able to have a job so I could tithe to God and God has now set me up for my future. Wow. So, And you had a 40% raise last year, right? Yeah. Yeah, that too. That too. Wow. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that also came out of tithing, where it did. I, I had been tithing the exact amount that I wanted to raise in, and to the dollar, that's the amount that I got a raise for. Wasn't that awesome? So. Good job, Cameron. Proud of you, man. Okay, Derek. Come on. My man. Derek. Come on, Derek. Awesome. Someone getting something out of this? Is this encouraging? Go for it, brother. So last year was actually the first year we did it. Um, I wasn't sure what, to, what I was going to get from it or anything, but it seemed like God just kind of started showing off because it just never ended. Wow. Um, awesome. My daughter always had stomach issues where, you know, every night she'd kind of be clenching up in pain to where she just had a hard time falling asleep and stuff like that. Um, April came and those were completely gone. She can eat whatever she wants. She doesn't have any issues. She doesn't complain. Um, just spiritual too. I mean, if you had asked me to come up last year, I would have just sat there and shaken my head looking at you. Like, no, it's not, it's not happening. <laughs> so just finally coming out of that now. Um, he just kept going too. Even with my kids, you know, they, they stopped. They just said, dad, I want to start praying, you know, so, uh, Sawyer, my daughter, she came up and said, Dad, I want to pray to see an angel. So, you know, she starts doing that and just stuff like that. And then, it's beautiful. Um, financially, too, I actually received a, a bonus from work last year that was 75% of my yearly salary. Um, <laughs> so, like I said, he just kept giving. He kept showing off. Wow, that's just, awesome. So I'm excited to see what he has for me this year. So, so awesome, man. That's awesome. So good. I didn't know that. That's awesome. See, the thing is, is that it doesn't matter what you believe are the rules in your world. If you honor God, apparently, things happen. See, like, I, I just wanted a few people that you don't normally see up here, like, speaking, because we need to hear that some real-world application. And, you know, I know, that, I know that we're a giving church. I know that we believe in tithing, and, I, and I've watched people that come into this church and plant, and I'm not trying to create any stigma about the church, but I've watched people that put the principles into action when they come here and lives turn around. This is not even just about dwelling place. This is about kingdom of heaven. Tapping into something in the throne room with God, where God stops looking after the universe for a second because, oh, they just gave. And everything in the world can stop because I just want to look at them and I, I want to plan how I can blow them away with my goodness. See, God is looking. The eye of the Lord roams to and fro in the earth, seeking whom he can show himself strong on their behalf. Yeah. Come on. He's looking for people that will be faithful, but he's also looking for people that he can show himself on strong on their behalf too. And I want God to show himself strong on my behalf. And that looks practical, guys. It's not all, it's not all encounters and crazy stuff. Sometimes, and that's good. We want that stuff. I really do. But sometimes it's like, I need a new car. I need a promotion. I need a new job. Whatever that looks like. God wants to bless you. He wants to show himself strong. And so with that, we're going to give right now. We're going we're gonna to maybe put some buckets out. If, if you want to give with buckets, you can give on your phone. There's different ways. We're going we're gonna to bring a significant thing before God right now. We want to get God's attention, and we want 2020 to have the blessing of God on it. Jesus' name. So, so when you get a chance, if you need an envelope, just raise your hands and one of the ushers will come and, and meet with you and bring, bring one to you or you can grab your phone. But before we press send or before we like seal that envelope, I want us to be able to just lift that up. You can black your screen out for a second so no one can see what you're doing. And I want us to wave it before God tonight or today. Well, it is almost tonight, this afternoon. How about that? We'll meet in the middle. <laughs> We're going to wave it before God, that, like a wave offering, a sheave offering. We're going to wave it up before God and say, God, here's what I'm bringing you. I want to bring you something because I just need you. 
I need you to know that my trust is so directly to you this year. I want to take my level of trust and faith up. I want to bring uh, my giving to you in such a way, God, that gets and captivates your attention where everything that I've ever seen you do before is belittled with the awesomeness that you show yourself to me with this year. I want to see everything that you've done, God. I, I want those to be merely seeds. The provision that you did in 2019, 18, and 17, I want those to just be seeds of what I see this year, God. That I would see breakthrough, increase, healing, uh, uh, um, chains breaking, relationships, whatever those things are that we're really focused on. And here's a really good thing to pray. And the things that I don't even know that I need yet, God. The things that I'm not even aware of that I need from you. I ask that that would come into effect this year as I bring this to you, God. I'm bringing significant giving of myself to you because I want significant attention, breakthrough, and outpouring from your hand this year in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you are stopping everything in the universe and you're looking into this little church in, in Huntington Beach dwelling place OC God and that you are receiving our giving right now and you're breathing on it your, your finger is touching the seed and creating a harvest and we thank you that at the right time you're going to bring that harvest to us God when we're ready for it when we, when we need it and at the right point in time for us God that you're going to cause all things to work together for good you're going to cause all of the breakthroughs and provisions the miracles to be poured out over our lives in Jesus name we're here because we love you. We're bringing this giving because we love you and we honor you. And we want to show you that you are the number one in our life, God. You're the number one in our world. And we ask that you would kiss 2020 with your blessing. In Jesus' name. We love you, God. We love you. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have an envelope and you just want that collected, you can uh, lift it up in one of the... Well, actually, let's just wave our... Sorry, I... I, I I got, I got a little carried away in my prayer. God, here we are. We're just waving this before you right now. We're just waving our offerings. We ask you to, we ask you to receive it and accept it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, wave a hanky, somebody. Here I am, God. Here I am. You've got mail, God. I'm sending this to you. <laughs> in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We love you. Ushers, if you could just make your way around and collect the envelopes, press send on your phone, whatever you're, you know, with the, with the processing, if that's what you're doing. And we're just going to give this to God right now, and we're going to put it in his hands and let him be our provider this year, be our breakthrough this year, be our, be our abundant one this year, be our deliverer this year, be the one that promotes us this year, in Jesus' name. So we love you, Jesus. We thank you. We bless you today, and we thank you that as we, as we put this seed in the ground, we're entering a fast, which we want your double attention. <laughs> we're not just giving to you, God, and walking away. We're giving to you and entering into a fast to let you know that we're double serious. And then we're going to be praying and worshiping all this month to let you know that we're triple serious. Come on, somebody. Because we know that a threefold cord is not easily broken. And we want heaven to erupt this year. We want to see a move of God. We know that it's not about numbers and it's not about statistics and it's not about who's who. We know, God, that you can do anything with those that believe you. So this year, God, we are putting a triple whammy to get your attention. In Jesus' name. We love you, God. We bless you. We ask that you'd bless the rest of this week and the rest of this year. In Jesus' name. Amen, guys. Amen. Give someone a high five and just say, I just bless God and God's about to bless me.